Chapter 11 of The Sick Man's Comfort Book by Reverend P.B. Power. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Chapter 11. A Comfort in Our Fears That We Shall Fail and Dishonor God at the Last. This fear, which we are about now to glance at, is a very natural one. In one sense, comfort may be had from ever having had such a fear at all. For though the believer should be above all such fears, still this one must have sprung out of an honest and good heart. It is only in such that it could root itself, and it is only such that it can disturb. The fear is in itself, to a great extent, a natural one. When we look back on the past history of our life, what meets us but a sad record of failures? Where we thought ourselves strongest, there we have proved ourselves weakest. Where we thought we had done best, we have done worst, and we know enough of ourselves in the past to make us believe that we are capable of any folly or failure for the future. In this case, the same evil which grows our trouble may also grow the antidote to it. For out of this may come a holy distrust of self, a safe and profitable feeling, one altogether distinct from any distrust in God, one which, on the other hand, makes us throw ourselves upon God, and, in so doing, find peace. The fear, however, springs, as it may be, more from the feeling that the unknown lies before us, the unknown as to the amount of both our temptation and our weakness. The unknown we almost always fear, and yet, with the unknown before us, we must always live. No man can tell what the morrow will bring forth. There are two ways of meeting the unknown, either by not thinking about it at all, or by thinking and leaving it all to God. We may indeed be very weak in our last hours, and we may be sorely tempted, and we may be weaker than we have ever been in our lives before, and we may also be more sorely tempted. If so, as we have met many unknowns in the past, when they developed themselves, so we may believe that we shall meet this unknown when it comes also. Distance, it is said, lends enchantment to the view. Distance lends terror also. God sees the future both of our weakness and of our temptation, and when they come, we shall find that he has come with them. The word of God is intending to be not a fear-creating, but a fear-dispelling word. No doubt it warns us about ourselves, our own weakness and nothingness and entire liability to fall, but this is only to prevent our being set on the wrong basis of self and our own strength. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. But once off your own basis, there is no more mention of weakness. Be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might is the word. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Greater is he that is with us than they that be against us. One of the uses of the word is to lift us out of self-strength, to put us on a new standing ground altogether, to take us out of the land of fears and set our feet in the land of faith. In one sense, then, these fears are right, so far as they come from an estimate of self. In another, they would be wrong, and like all wrong things, must exercise a disturbing influence. That disturbing influence God wills not for us, and so we must get well on to the standing ground of simple faith, where we shall find him, 
and in him the one who is to dispel our fears. Sometimes we fear we shall fail in faith, as though when it came to the trial of our long-professed trust, we may be found wanting. But faith is a gift of God, and why should our Father take away his gift from us then, at the very moment when we want it most? Sometimes we think we shall fail in patience, that either pain or weariness of body may make us say or do what is unseemly and prevent our lying still in the Father's hand. Then again, we think we shall come short in comfort, that those comforts which we have now will be withdrawn, or that, even if they are there, we shall not be able to make them our own, and so we go on until we see the future all wrapped in gloom. Let us put a stop at the very beginning to such thoughts as these. They have a wonderful tendency to spread and darken the whole of our horizon. We thus make a black future for ourselves. This is not God's future for us. It is the future of our own faithless hearts. What we are to do is this. We must leave the future to God. Our future must be a God-made, God-wrought one. Our comfortable considerations must come from thoughts connected with him. And take this as a first comfortable thought. If we have committed God's honor to himself in this matter, he will guard it. Nowhere can God's honor be so well guarded as in his own keeping. Therefore we may say, Work for thy honor's sake, O my Father, O Lord most mighty, in keeping me in my last hours with their weaknesses and temptations, whatever they may be. Do not let me dishonor thy promises or thy faithfulness by distrusting them. Hold me at that time in the hollow of thy own hands. And God's honor will be dear to him, and he will remember the trust we repose in him. And although we may have forgotten it, he will not, and his strength will be made perfect in our weakness. Consider, too, another comfortable thought. Is not the last the same as the first to him? If, to his own honor, he first of all drew us forth from the world and into communion with himself, for what purpose is it but that we should be his? Is the last keeping harder than the first drawing? We have already had experience of his power. We may be sure that his hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Consider that it will be the same God that will be in our last weakness, as has been in our many past weaknesses, all we shall have to do will be to repose in his arms. That is to us the gain of his strength. It is no use to us that he is strong, unless he is so for us. So that what we are to do is to see God himself entirely on this scene, to see him in action on our behalf, to look upon ourselves not as bearers, but as those who are to be born. And be sure that this tenderness of heart, which is felt as regards one's dishonoring God in any way at the last, by unbelief or fear or in any other way, is in itself a blessed sign and witness that this shall not come to pass. God will be tender of those who are tender of his honor. They who will to glorify him shall glorify him. Perhaps we shall say, as we lie passive in his hand, leaving him to undertake for us, Thou hast kept the good wine until now, and in the strengthening and exhilaration thereof our last words on earth shall be speaking good of his name, and we shall, being dead yet speak, and tell others to fear no evil, 
for in the last hour God will be with them. His rod and his staff will comfort them. End of chapter 11